The following podcast is taken from a live broadcast on Inspire FM. Assalamualaikum everyone and welcome to Sisters Speak. Today you're joined with me, Lamisa. Me, Mariam. Me, Fayeen. Yeah, and it's lovely to have you guys listening to our show today. Um, it has been a while since I've been in the studio, so it's all feeling quite new. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll go into introducing our show. So today's topic is on women empowerment. Um, and we're going to be basically discussing what it means to us and how we feel empowered uh, in everyday life. Um, if you do want to get involved with our program today, um, how can they get in contact, Mariam? So they can call us on 01582481822 or they can WhatsApp us at 0779481822. We also are li- streaming live on Facebook at Inspire FM and we also have a s- Instagram page at Sisters Speak. Yep, please do give us a follow. Um, and for anyone who has just tuned into our show for the first time, Farine, what's our show about? So our show is a platform for <coughs> sorry, Muslim girls to voice their own opinions on current events and issues and even form discussions on general topics such as religion, culture, etc. Please note all opinions, views are our own and we respect all other or opposing similar views and opinions. Yep, exactly. Um, so like I said, we will be discussing our main topic later on in the show. Um, but to start the show off, we're going to do a little segment that we do every week called Thought for the Week. <laughs> so this is, um, as the name suggests, just a part of the show where we discuss a thought that has been occurring to us throughout this week. So who wants to go first? I think Mariam should start. Just self What's your thought for the week? Um, so my thought of the week is about making sure that you recognise when you're in environments that no longer serve you. I think thinking about personal development we tend to kind of cling on to familiar spaces even when they don't add value to us um, especially because they were once in new places we just think that they're contributing to our lives but when we've become familiar with things we're no longer challenging challenging ourselves so I think for me I've been recently thinking about not just the environments I'm putting myself into but also the people if people don't no longer serve me in terms of my growth my spirituality my development um, how do I move on from that and how do I create a space for myself where I can cultivate um, good habits or ha- or even just cultivate myself in terms of um learning to grow Mm. I think that's something that I've been really thinking about but I don't think people tend to consider these things because they're very familiar and they're very comfortable with the relationships they have and sometimes it's quite uncomfortable especially when it comes to personal relationships as well to move on from people because we almost feel entitled to one another but Mm. I think it's really important to reflect and have introspection and to think about uh, if if you want to be in a space where you want to thrive you have to have a conducive space to do that and have you been able to come to a conclusion in terms of ways in which you might go about it? Yes, I think one of the spaces that I'm thinking about is in one of my personal life is in terms of my work. Mm. I think it's already served its purpose and I think I'm ready to move on and I think the qualities that have uh, developed in that space um, is something that I want to transfer into another area and perhaps think about exploring other avenues. Mm. Nice. I think that's something that we can all take on into our own lives and I think it it does strike true because a lot of things we do get familiar with and it's nice to be in that comfortable zone as always but you're right in terms of personal growth and development is is always good to challenge yourself in the environment so yeah I think even you just recognizing that it's not for you it's such a big step because you never get out of your comfort zone really Mm. and once you're in that you don't even recognize you just start you start like normalizing that behavior for you so everything feels normal so you just recognizing that I mean like okay this is where it has to stop it's such a big step anyways so well done, Mariam. Be strong. Well done, Mariam. Thank you, Farine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Farine, what's your thought for the week? Um, my thought of the week. But see, I, w- I don't know. I don't know. I forgot about it. Um, let's <laughs> go with... <laughs> I, I, think I did a show with Lamisa, I think, one time. And our whole topic was um, this footballer that started wearing the hijab. I don't know if you remember. Mm. But she was the first hijabi at the World Cup. And me and Lamisa were talking about, you know, how empowering it is. Just going through our topic, our mm. main topic. And uh, today, this morning, I was reading BBC News. And s- these two referees from Scotland, they're like... 
hijabis now as well so they did like an interview that they got inspired by this footballer mm-hmm. who's uh, Benzina I think and she started wearing the hijab and now the two referees that they never thought that they could do it just because they were hijab in Scotland as well so I don't know it just made me really happy and it just it like relates to our topic a little bit so it that's my thought of the week very much thank you for that thought of the week that's okay let me say <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess I'll move on to my thought of the week uh, I can't lie I've been a bit stressed this week <laughs> I feel like it's all just hit me because um, I've come back from uni um and i'm on my two week mini christmas break which i get for working people that's a lot of time but for people who've been in education a two week break is like nothing um and so (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry to complain about this i know people are gonna be like how is she complaining about two weeks it's like a half annually for the whole year but sure yeah um but at the same time i'm thinking it's such a short space of time and i have so much to do uh and i've been looking at back at the latter the previous um half of the academic year and kind of thinking about what maybe i should have done in that time and so i guess it's a common thing that students will often say but try and get your work done early um (laughs) and try and stay on top of it because it's always good to do that so you don't go through a period of stress and a period of panic organization uh to try and get everything in place i'm glad that i realized it now because there's still a lot of time for me to make change um but yeah I think you know next week we'll be talking a lot more about our reflections for the year but I think you know from this point on it will kind of help me get my life together a bit more and be a bit more organized um yeah I agree with you Lamisa honestly I feel like in uni everything is just so stressful obviously you guys are like going through it I'm only in my first year so I don't think it's that heavy and I have a four-week break instead of two weeks so (laughs) I have a lot of stuff to catch up on and I lost one week and I didn't do anything you know and when you started when I started applying for jobs when I got 16 and everything I used to write on my skill section time management because all my early search up when you're doing your first CVs, what should I put? What skills are attractive to an employer? So I just wrote time management, knowing what obviously I knew what time management meant, but mm-hmm. I never really thought that I was doing it until mm-hmm. I got to uni. And it's I never had a, um, I was quite organized in six months, but I never really had a, you know, agenda timetable of what I'm gonna do in the day. And mm-hmm. now I don't have it at uni, but I'm struggling so much to know when to do this assignment, mm. when to have like a social life. And because I'm so independent, there's no one behind you telling you you have to do this. Mm. So now I actually know what time management means. Yeah. And I'm putting on my CV, but I'm still, you know, evolving that skill. Yeah, no, it's good. It's I think it's a good development period. I think it's always good to develop your time management skills, you know. It's something <laughs> that we always need. And uh, like, I feel like I go through periods of very, very organized me. And then there's times when I do slack a bit. Um, but yeah, I feel like I'm coming out of that slacking phase and we're moving into gear now. <laughs> that's so good. Yeah, that's my thought for the week. And hopefully, inshallah, the next two weeks is going to be a productive, productive week. I think inshallah. as students, it's something that you just kind of experience because yeah, you fluctuate. <coughs> you you fluctuate. Down. But I think when it comes to work, you learn to prioritize and deprioritize things. Yeah, because yeah. I, think, I think work is slightly different because there's money involved. No, <laughs> not just money involved. I, I mean, think there's a lot of responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people whose work is also dependent on your work and you being able to do your role and i think if i had other people's kind of responsibility on me i think that would 100 percent drive me to get the work done because i couldn't be the reason why you're let down from your side if that makes sense mm-hmm. whereas if it's just me on my own i can cut but myself a bit of yeah. and then i can shout at myself later and be like why did you do that but you i know? think taking those skills and trying to apply it to your own life because mm. you can see that your work or your studying is going to impact your own trajectory or in terms of your own 100%. goals. And so learning to prioritize and deprioritize is actually a very good skill whilst you're a student because what actually you're doing is fighting off temptations. Yeah. Um, and that's something that's, you, that's something that's applicable in all areas of, in all facets of your life. Mm. Um, easier to be said than done, but I think it's something that you, if you can apply even in incremental ways, I think it's something that you should try to adopt. Yeah, I agree. But it takes time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm in my sixth year of uni. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm the seventh year, we know it's gonna develop. <laughs> Inshallah there's no seventh year. <laughs> Inshallah there's masters. Inshallah. Um but yeah. Uh, I guess that's um, all of our thoughts for this week. If you guys have a thought for the week that you want to share with us, um, something interesting that occurred to you throughout the week or or just something you want to chat to us about, mm-hmm. we'd be happy to hear your thoughts. So you can text or WhatsApp in on 0779481822 or you can call in on 01582481822. We really want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, to everyone listening out there, our Instagram is quite active, by the way, so you can send us any um, direct messages and everything and we'll be more than happy to read your thought of the week on the live if you don't want to call or call us or text or WhatsApp. It takes a bit too long <laughs> fair enough <laughs> very compelling <for> <laughs> <me>. <laughs> uh, 
Um, okay, I guess we'll move on to our hot topic. So our hot topic this week is about Ramadan, which is three months away. Um, how are you guys feeling about that? <laughs> I just feel like it's for me so far away. I'm not. I wasn't even thinking about Ramadan. All I'm thinking is New Year now. Mm. To me, I think no, Ramadan is very close. I just think by well, December's over, then it's January, February, and then it's Ramadan. It's just, for me, it's two months. I don't even count December. Right. And yeah, I'm okay. very excited for it. I just think, I feel like Ramadan always comes in a time where everyone needs it. That so much has happened before or prior to Ramadan, and everyone just needs that spiritual break. And I think for me, I'm definitely anticipating it. I, I just can't wait to be in that environment where everyone's just spiritually trying to grow. So everyone's trying to be more kinder to themselves and others. Mm. Um, it's very community focused. So I'm very, very excited. Is there anything that you're hoping to do in preparation for? Yeah, Ramadan? so I think I think this winter actually has been very different to other winters. And I think I think that's because it's a mixture. It's an amalgamation of what's happening in my personal life. Um, and work life all kind of mixed together mm. um i think turning to faith has been a really good thing to lean on mm. um and i feel like that's something that i want to continue and t- to grow whilst um i can and take it and adopt it in ramadan i think small habits and try to be consistent is something that i'm trying to ensure that's part of my routine um and even using technology to kind of support those habits for example using specific apps um, like I think one, I think one of the apps I kind of mentioned before is the Dikr and Dua app, and that gives you um, different kind of um, allocated times where you can read your morning adhkar, your evening adhkar, and it's very easy and it's very pleasant to even look at the interface. And I think that's mm. quite important when you're using apps as well because so it makes you feel more inclined. But I think uh, winter, some of the things that I kind of read about is the companions used to love winter because it's easier to pray because the ta- the night prayer is a lot earlier. So mm. I think kind of cultivating habits in winter has been a lot easier than it is in summer. Yeah. And I've definitely felt that. And it's something that I want to kind of continue and inshallah allow myself to really consolidate these habits that when it comes to Ramadan, I can you know, adopt new habits as well. Um, so yeah, I think that for me is something I'm really excited for. But I think I feel like, I think usually winter I really dread it because I just hate dark, yeah. and I feel so spiritually um, flat, and I just feel very unhappy. And I think I, because I have sad, I, I think that's the thing. Um, yeah. Seasonal, I think it's got seasonal affective. Seasonal it's depression, I think. Yeah, yeah affective disorder. Affective or something. disorder yeah. yeah. Um, but I feel like turning to faith actually has really, really helped me. Mm. So it's, it hasn't been that abrasive in terms of how I feel. Mm. So that's what I'm really excited for Ramadan. Yeah, alhamdulillah. I think there's a lot, a lot of stuff for us to take on board there as well, to be honest. Um, because you're anticipating it and you're building up your habits now, which is something that obviously I haven't really, I'll be honest, I haven't thought about yet. But actually, everyone always says, you know, you should prepare for Ramadan and Ramadan is the time at which we should be like peaking, if if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, and I think I will probably try and download that app because um, it's good if you have it built into your timetable, if that makes sense. And since we're on our phones all the time, it makes sense to include technology uh, to help us in a way um, to achieve those goals that we set for us in our faith as well. Um, so yeah, thank you for that, Maria. <laughs> I've been thinking about like how I know some notifications come on that mm. app and it just tells you to just read a dua or it reminds you of the name of Allah. And it's just yeah. like, it's like sometimes Allah maybe wants you to read that at that point. Yeah. And I just think it's so easy. It's on your phone. You read all your notifications. Yeah. Just read that as well. And it takes like five seconds. Yeah. But sometimes it is just that extra nudge that you need to make that happen. And then inshallah, as time goes on, that habit that you build up, it will just be second nature for you. If that makes sense. And I think just don't overwhelm yourself. Try mm. really small things mm. and then build it up. Something that's achievable because I think that's the worst thing when... Uh, you put yourself in a space where you feel constrained mm. then you don't feel inclined to do it and I always talk about Atomic Habits it's a very good book <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think one of the things that I learned from that is actually just trying to do small things consistently and which again is so teaching from my, from my religion um, but very very small things just even one dua every single day morning and evening and you actually feel a lot better firstly you might not see the effects but you actually tend to feel a lot better and I feel felt it myself mm. um, so definitely download Thicker and Dua if you can it's a very good app very nice um, Farine, what do you think from this point on you might be doing to try and prepare for Ramadan? Mm, I'm going to, you know, all the last, not the last Ramadan, the, I think the Ramadan when I ca- when I first came to the UK was, I'm not going to say the worst, <laughs> but honestly, that Ramadan, I just feel like I wasn't so, you know, thinking of Ramadan. It was just like such a normal month for me. So all those bad habits that uh, were in that month and, and the other months, or the mistakes that I made during Ramadan, I'm going to try and make, you know, 
make them better now mm. this this month and also try to obviously make up all my fasts and i really want to uh, join a quran course or something because i joined it for about two months and then my teacher was like oh i'm like i'm not giving any quran lessons anymore so i do need some quran lessons i'm gonna try to do that before ramzan so i can read it and you know mariam said i uh, not try to all do all the small habits and like you know you don't have to constrain yourself at this uh, last Ramadan, i used i want to do so much that i ended up in such a like burnout state of doing it because it's you're hungry so and you're trying to do all this stuff and i had i don't know what i was doing i think i had no there was an a levels time i don't know what i was doing but I th- at that time i think i was really stressed and i was trying to do you know is uh like all the islamic obviously stuff my academic stuff and social life it was just really hard so you know uh, i was just trying to do little by little and i feel like ramzan is uh the the month where obviously you have to be disciplined a little bit your religion right of what you have to do but ramzan is really the time where you're spiritually you just feel like you don't feel like you have to do it just because you know you have to do it you do it because you want to you know mm. i don't know if that made sense it was a bit messy no i get the the feeling the spirituality is like there for yeah. everyone and you have an overwhelming feeling of this is a holy time um so i do get that yeah and i think the quran class is actually very important too i've been thinking about it recently as well like mm. attending classes to gain islamic knowledge i think is a really important thing because you are not only gaining knowledge from someone who is more knowledgeable than you um who can Im- keep you on the right path if that makes sense because there's one thing seeking knowledge ourselves and it's all well and good but a lot of the time we don't know the context so we don't understand the meaning and, and things like that so to have someone who's a lot more learned in the area to be able to talk to you and impart that knowledge on you uh, is good and not only that having a structured set of lessons and getting through a certain amount of content uh, is really important I think it's something that I've been missing since I was younger um because obviously when you're young your parents pay for or like get that education for you um and then once you're older you don't attend those regular lessons and you're not receiving that regular knowledge um and so i think one thing that i do want to find is a good quran class that helps me actually understand the quran and the lessons from it um because i think a lot of us we do read the quran and we also try and read the meaning but sometimes it doesn't click as well but going to a, a set of classes which might be able to explain those lessons and how we might then be able to apply them in our life, um, I think would be something good to do. I think I'm one of the beneficiaries of that because um, if anyone is looking for something like that, it's a space called Faith Space, and they do a lot of online courses via um, Zoom, mm. so you don't even need to go in class per- personally, you can do it from the space of your house. Mm. Um, and I definitely have benefited, I think I've been a student for three years, and it just I think it's just really enjoyable because the teachers are incredible. Um, they were born and raised in the UK, so they can resonate with you. They understand the challenges that you face, but they make it very relevant. And I think understanding your own context in the UK as a Muslim is really important. How mm. do you how do you use Islam, um, universal Islam in the context that you live in? And I definitely agree with you in terms of finding knowledge from someone that's knowledgeable. Um, specifically with my teacher, I think it's amazing. Ustaz Shabir, uh, many may know him. Um, the fact that he's an alim, he's a hafiz, he's a poet, he's a business entrepreneur. He's just very talented. Um, but he get to you get to get different nuggets of information from different perspectives and i think also you get to learn from others i think mm. you kind of underestimate different people's perspectives in terms of you know analyzing a text and i think because all of us have been students most of us have been students before and when we have seminars we discuss certain things and i think those are things that are applicable even in our religion because you have a teacher who wants to hear your thoughts and in islam we you know we we have to interrogate our religion as well. Like it's encouraged for you to be inquisitive and to understand the religion, not to just be quite blinded and to follow Islam. Um, and I think that's, that curiosity can be navigated very healthily uh, within your religion and it expands your mind. So I think definitely recommending um, going to a class that you enjoy and trying to um, do an area. And sometimes it seems quite daunting because you think, oh my God, I've never learned about Quran I think that's it's a bit too much but there's actually so many areas that you can look at for example last year I did a course on philosophy and Islam mm. and it was really really interesting so don't limit yourself in terms of like what you're studying because you know we believe that all knowledge is from Allah and there's definitely going to be a course that you're interested in that intertwines with what your interest is yeah that sounds really good I'm going to have a look at it then yeah Mariam has so many good recommendations yeah. inshallah everything that we need to start <coughs> to implement inshallah to the build up to Ramadan. I'm also learning it's no, I'm the course, same position as you guys but I think <laughs> it's it's good to have someone who's um, a few steps ahead in that journey in terms of like 
you can impart tips and things like that and where to yeah. find the good resources um because it's often quite hard in this day and age where you have so many different courses so many different things mm. you're overwhelmed with the option and the choice um but the fact that you've you know done a few courses from this particular website makes it easier for us <laughs> yeah when i was growing up i never had like a you know when you go madrasa you have these courses because i was in, such, in a place where there wasn't any muslims anywhere mm -hmm. so all the knowledge that i would take was from my parents obviously mm -hmm. and you know i feel like the more the older you get the more inquisitive you get about your own religion so mm -hmm. when i was um i would just ask like random my parents just taking me to like the mosque or anything was enough for them to be like okay this is what you have to do and everything but me myself trying to you know learn from the religion then i used to watch like a lot of youtube videos from so many people and everything but you know one of the things that i'm trying to make my my brothers now because uh, when we were when me and my sister were in spain we never went to madrasa classes or quranic classes or anything like that because there was just it wasn't there there were no resources or anything so now that my brothers are going i just i would encourage them to you know take advantage of it because we didn't have it mm -hmm. and all the knowledge that we're getting now is you know from us like we're kind of teaching ourselves yeah mm. fair enough. yeah that's what i want yeah fair enough i think a lot of um you know kind of good lessons shared through this conversation um and actually it's three months to ramadan it's a good time to start um you Reflecting. know yeah better late than never so yeah. <laughs> time passes um, by so fast you know it's gonna be yeah. then our next show is gonna be literally okay ramzan starting like next week <laughs> it's gonna be so fast yeah so um inshallah if you haven't started preparing for ramadan um don't feel alone there are loads of people like you out there <laughs> me included um so take this as a reminder and inshallah we can all start you know preparing for ramadan and it'll be on our doorsteps very soon yeah you can also watch our ramadan post podcasts on oh. app on spotify I think. very nice very nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah we do have um all of our live shows and extra podcasts that we record on spotify and apple podcasts so if you do ever want to listen or want to see our old episodes you can check out those platforms and we'll be on there um okay so we are nearing the end of the first half but um we can very quickly start uh, our main topic so um just to introduce the topic itself it's on women empowerment um and we're just going to have a a nice discussion on what it actually means to us and the ways in which that we feel empowered um so i guess to start off the discussion i'm going to ask you guys what does empowerment actually mean to you on a personal level? <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, like you just okay, Mariam. What does it mean to you on a personal level? Oh, I was so, well, I was didn't feel empowered right now, but <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, to me, I think empowerment means to have autonomy, to be able to make your own decisions, without without feeling that some uh, a barrier is there or something's impeding you to do so, a certain thing. Um, mm -hmm. So you have full, full control of your situation. I think that for me is empowerment. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and I think be, being in, con in a conducive condition to be able to do certain things because sometimes you might have the access to something but the conditions that you're in doesn't mm -hmm. allow you to actually thrive in it. Okay. So I think for me, empowerment is not just exclusive to you to be able to have access but it's also the environment in which you're in um, and the people in your surroundings to help you to reach that certain goal. Mm. So, Farine, what about you? I'll hold off. I just like listening to Mariam's definition first because yeah. she she makes it so beautifully. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I'll say the same thing to me: empowerment and just ha having the resources, but not only having them, being able to use them without having to ask for any permission or anything. That it's like you have to make your, like Mariam said, your own decisions. And if you want to do this, you shouldn't be asking for you know permission to anyone mm. else. Just do it. So, for you to feel empowered, would you say that it depends very much on? Is it something that we can make happen ourselves or is it something that very much depends on the people around us? In the I think it's both. I think that, that coexists. I think having autonomy, mm -hmm. but also autonomy, autonomy on yourself, but autonomy in your situation as mm -hmm. well. So you have to have the right people involved around you to be able to do certain things if the thing that you pursue is contingent on other people. But more, more often than not, that is sort of the case. Um, and I think you can't feel empowered if people are impeding you from having that autonomy. Mm. I think I think it is something that... Uh, I think the feeling of feeling empowered and for you to have it from the get-go is something that very much depends on the people who are around you at the point in time. Um, I feel like if those people around you are there always pushing you on to do your best and telling you that that is possible for you, then you can maintain that feeling of empowerment from early stages onwards. But I think for a lot of people and a lot of us, unfortunately, 
feeling empowered comes later on afterwards um when you're out of certain environments and you see perhaps what things could be like for you if that makes sense um so i think it does very much depend on the people who are around us um and our kind of older role models that we see from a young age uh the way in which they treat us the way in which they help us navigate different situations then allows us to develop these feelings of confidence and empowerment which we can take on through to adult life yeah <laughs> that's what i think empowerment means and in any case to yeah me. i definitely agree with you and i think the kind of example that comes to mind is our parents mm. um, i feel like that's what you were referring to <laughs> <laughs> i think i was um but yeah i think we're gonna have to wrap up our discussion for the first half for now um, because we are coming to the end of the first half and we'll be having adverts soon um, but yeah I just wanted to say to everyone who's listening if you do want to chime in on this topic and let us know what empowerment means to you personally um, please do call us uh, Mariam do you want to read the number this time? <laughs> yes so if you do want to join in just call us on 0779481822 or telephone us at 01582481822. And as Farine said, we're very active on Instagram as well. So our handle is at sisterspeak. So you can send us a DM um, to let us know your thoughts on that as well. Um, so yeah, I guess this is the end of the first half. Please do join us in the second half where we'll be discussing and going into a bit more detail about this topic. Very important one. So yeah, we'll see you after the break. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. Assalamu alaikum, this is Atif Nawaz. Listen to Inspire FM shows in your time by heading over to inspirefm.org or listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Assalamu alaikum, everyone, and welcome back to Sister Speak. Um, so, before the break, we had our discussion, or we started our discussion, rather, on um, women empowerment, and we kind of talked about what empowerment meant to us um and i think mariam started started the point of perhaps i was talking about my parents i think i very much was um i think our parents from a young age really are like kind of critical to us being able to feel empowered at a young age um and the lessons that they impart are the lessons often that we take on throughout our, our lives so yeah what do you guys think i have the opposite kind of um question of that as well as especially when uh, you come from a ethnic minority or come from families that migrated often mm. they have transgenerational trauma and often they come in survival mode and so they don't know how to actually impart those values of self-confidence because the current environment that they're in mm. um they're battling with people that don't believe they have they belong in the space and so that sometimes transcends to young children and so then when they do grow up they have so, some sort of identity crisis because their self-confidence is sometimes compromised on their parents, um, which there is no fault in this area. But uh, in terms of just thinking about it rationally, um, what do you say about those kind of young people that have to discover themselves and build that confidence because at home that wasn't something that was cultivated and for whatever reason it was? Mm. Um, and how do you think that impacts them um, through their career, through their education? And I'm actually going to pose this question to you, uh, Lemisa, not um, to hijack your show. um i think it's a really really good question i think i was saying initially that a lot of us don't have that environment and so it is something you have to navigate yourself and i think actually it's something that um like you were saying you can't fault the parents because at the same time maybe it's something that they were trying to figure out as well um and i think for us as future parents um and you know who are going to be able to cultivate that for the future generation i think my point was that is something that we should really keep in mind because for self like for empowerment i think the parents are such a huge critical factor and when you do have it it does give you a really big push um for those who didn't have that it's a lot harder because you have to go through your own experiences and try and figure that out for yourselves um yeah I think, I think about one. Um, sorry, I think it's not difficult. No, it's okay. I think one of the examples that come to mind is how um, the Prophet Sallallahu was given prophethood after he was married, mm. after he had a companion, and she believed in him before anyone else. Yeah. So I think the idea of having people around you and believing in you is really fundamental if you want to be able to thrive. Mm. Um, and so for those who don't 
get that at home I think being proactive and finding your own values and finding people that align with you mm. or even just inspire you is really important yeah. so I think I think it's really important to put yourself in scenarios or surround yourself with people who are doing much more than you so that way you will feel like uh, this is something I can aspire to yeah. and then there's something that you can because you don't want to be in a situation where you're stagnant and I think that's really important so people who, who acknowledge you and value you but also doing much more than you um, and that shouldn't be in a space where you feel that you're competing with them but you're actually learning from them yeah I think I think you're right I think it doesn't just have to be you find people who um, like you said finding people who believe in you is very very important but also it's not just dependent on that I think you're right I think the bigger part is is that you feel inspired and I think actually that's where empowerment comes from it's the fact that you feel like there are things out there that you can do and you feel almost equipped or you feel ready to take on those challenges um, and I think that inspiration doesn't necessarily have to come from people around us but it can come from you know people who are in no way related to you or people who you don't even know or might not even come from people it might be it might come from different things that you've noticed um and i say i think it's that inspiration that we can take on that helps make us feel empowered yeah, right. I think even if you don't have that feeling <coughs> that you feel in, you don't feel inspired, just by being around certain people, um, that energy will actually mm. in influence you. And I think that even comes from our, our religion as well, that we know that um, your companions have a huge influence on you. Mm. So I think really thinking about companionship is really vital for you to be able to succeed. Yeah, I agree. You know with the, uh, with the parents thing, I feel like my mom, only because of culture, when we were growing up, she was, um, you know how you're supposed supposed to be, I'm putting quotes, my like, you're supposed to be quiet and silent and you should not speak up and all of that. So she used to be, she used to be like that. So she would never would encourage me or my sister to speak when we were like in a, um, I don't know, like a, uh, what you say? Gathering. Yeah, gathering and all of that or like expose ourselves as in taking pictures and all that. Like so stuff that's normal to me. But that was from my mom's side. But then my dad, he he's the one that encouraged me to, like, d do everything. So, for example, just coming on radio was such a big... Like, my mom, I think, was a bit opposed to the idea because she didn't want me to be, you know, like I said, speaking up and everything. But then my dad was like, there's no, there's no issue with it. There's just, you know, issue. So, I think my dad has been such a big role model first and then to encourage me to do everything like everything that i want to do volunteering i want to go to this i want to go to this conference this event here we go okay just go be safe and then come back home you know there was no um restriction as obviously as long as that gathering or whatever i was going was you know with it our islamic values and everything mm. he, there was no restriction from his side and then my mom kind of saw you know what, what i was doing with that freedom that my dad was giving me and now she's like okay with it I think that comes from a sense of familiarity and unfamiliarity. So I think for your mom, she's just scared that something's going to happen to you. Yeah. So it comes from fear. Whereas your dad, he is more exposed to these kind of things and he understands that there isn't, there's not going to be something that's going to jeopardize you in terms of your safety. Actually, this is going to help your development. So he can foresee that. And for your mom, for, for you to be going to these events and she can see in a tangible way, actually, my daughter is safe and she's thriving. I'm going to allow her to do that. I think it really does boil down to parents just feeling safe and secure um, where the children are. Yeah. Yeah. I think also in our communities, a lot of people are realizing nowadays that for us to attend things that are conducive to our growth as people in society and for us to be able to go out and do roles and carry out roles in society which are going to make us productive people I think people are starting to realize that a lot more and actually that women especially within our cultures can also take on that roles um, obviously all within the boundaries of our religion but in terms of going and doing volunteering, getting involved with uh, different things at work, at school, um, and trying to excel in those areas. I think it's come up a lot more recently priority-wise because people are starting to realize that actually these types of things are good for us as people. Uh, and we can take on these roles in society as well. Um, and that plays a part to us feeling more and more empowered, I think. Yeah, I think a lot of the times, um the barriers that we face uh, is systemic and that's why our parents are afraid that you know we'll fall through the cracks and then we'll be crushed but I think it's really important equally to recognize that if there isn't a start of any new opportunity then we have to be the ones that's creating it we have to be the pioneers because otherwise the next generation is going to just suffer the same cycle and we want every single 
individual to infiltrate every sector as Muslims to be able to thrive and to succeed um, to have because Muslims have diverse skills and I think we can look back in our own Islamic history if you look at the Abbasids and you look at just the various Islamic history where you know the empires have kind of expanded it's because there was so much investment in um, poetry investment in you know science and all of those type of things mm. and I think we can really learn from those things because we were, people took their curiosity and they understood that we're exploring Allah's knowledge. I think that's a beautiful way of thinking about it as well. Mm. Um, I guess that links quite nicely onto the next question that I'm going to ask you with regards to like knowledge and education and things like that. How do you think that education actually contributes to women empowerment and how do you think it's helped? Um, um, actually, personally, to you guys, do you think your education has made you feel more empowered? Yeah, obviously, I'm close just because I'm going uni, I feel so independent. So I feel like everything's on me. I don't need to rely on anyone to do anything. I was just talking about this with my mom. She got married so early. She didn't even go to that A level stage or anything like that, you know? So just her not having that education, I don't think she felt that. How do you say if she's not empowered? I don't think she felt like small or that she wasn't doing anything because that was normal to her. Mm. Like having education, get, uh, not having an education and getting married at, this, at that age was normal to her. So for me, it's such a big thing. Mm. So for me, education was the first thing that I want to get, you know, done with. And then, you know, you can do everything. Mm. So I, ca I kind of diverse from the question what was the question again no that was the question personally to you how okay. do you think your education has yeah i think even if you look at our religion the first revelation was asking the prophets to read and i think that shows the infinite emphasis and the significance of education in our in our religion um i think personally for me in answering your question i think education has been a fundamental factor of where i've and all the things I've achieved because it's allowed me to really develop myself and be inquisitive and to be curious. But also, I think almost all the shows I talk about introspections have really allowed me to discover myself. Um, and I think it's also given allowed me to gain interest in our own religion and how things are structured and just kind of the history that we have, the rich history that we have and all the lessons that we can take from it. And really truly believing in Islam is the uh, you know way of life and the guidance that we have is very applicable in all facets. Um, I think the skills that I learned from my university degree as an English literature student to be critical but to be able to understand context is something that I now can apply in my own religion because when I'm sitting in Islamic seminars I'm understanding things from different perspectives um, and like when you look at tafsir it's about commentary so understanding the context, the historical context, the psychological context of something and how do I apply that now um, so I think in a way it's allowed me to develop skills that are really useful for me um, in terms of now my Islamic education, in terms of understanding what does my religion encompass and how can I apply that today. Um, and I think it's really empowering because the more I understand my religion, the more I appreciate how beautiful it is and how empowering it is, um, especially when we have aspects of culture that I do feel are quite constraining, I think religion liberates me from that. And especially mm -hmm. in terms of if you even think social kind of customs as well, um, I think the idea of how we submit to Allah and we're a slave of Allah, we kind of free ourselves from being a slave to capitalism or being a slave to others. Um, so those kind of ideas, I think are just, I don't think if I had an education um, I would be able to kind of come to those conclusions. I think those skills were cultivated and developed in university. But I think, you know, university isn't just the one way of educating yourself. I think meeting new people, having, exposing yourself to other perspectives is a way of education. And yeah. we can see that in the Quran, Allah says, go, go explore the world, go meet other tribes, learn about other people's cultures, traditions, mm. because that's the way you're going to observe and learn. Um, so I don't think there's just one way. I think that's so yeah. beautiful because you don't ne you don't necessarily have to have a formal education to be able to come to conclusion. The world is your kind of space to learn. I agree with that because I was going to say I think um, from a young age I would say attending school you do get a lot of knowledge in terms of the skills, in terms of how to think, in terms of actual knowledge and that's passed down. But I think it was more the experience of being able to interact with different types of people um that really kind of made me think about my role in society and what the effect is that i can have um because i think the environment that i went to school to school in a lot of people were not like me uh and in that sense uh in certain classes when we would have discussions about the world and the current state and things like that for me to hear their points of views but also give my points of views and see how that's kind of affecting the way they think as well was quite interesting to me um, and I think those types of scenarios are empowering because you can learn from each other 
and you see kind of the impact that you have and the impact that other people have um and i think that type of talking to people in talking to people who aren't like yourself in different settings is an education of some sort um and i think that's something where you don't have to go through formal school routes you can get that through work you can get that through whatever experience you have um and i think those types of settings where you learn how to navigate people um is something that helps you in the future navigate situations yeah i think also as you grow older i think you learn and you unlearn and i think that's something that i really appreciated that i have the capacity to um learn something but also in the future if i disagree with that it's okay too i think there's so many things on ideas that i probably had many years ago on this Mm -hmm. show that i now probably will disagree with Mm -hmm. because i've been exposed to different experiences i've gained more knowledge and therefore at that time i had whatever i was exposed to was in that limited capacity but now i've developed and i think that's being honest with yourself but also being willing to understand take accountability that you are going to grow and evolve and give your space give yourself space to do that There's so many things that, um, like when I was in high school, there's so many things that pushed me back from, like, let me say you're saying having, you know, having debates, just normal conversations yeah. in school. And there's so many things that I would just stay silent because sometimes I feel like also depends on who's listening to you mm-hmm. and their level of maturity with yours. So whenever I, once I just said something in a discussion and it got taken like such a big deal and they were like, you're taking it too deep, you're taking it too deep. So then after I didn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. And just the the fact that you're like just having that thing of i want to say this and like you have to pay attention to me it's such a big thing already but then making it such a big deal and being like why are you saying this just made me not want to speak out in the future so it's really important with the people that you're around like not to not how do you say not make not let them make you silent Mm. kind of stuff I think that's very important. I think a lot of people actually, it's very daunting to speak up in a group setting. Yeah. It's very daunting to be able to voice your, no matter how confident of a person you are, that doesn't play a part in it. It's always very unsettling to have to speak in front of people. And especially because you don't know the reaction of others to your words, but you're very right in that saying that obviously not everyone's going to agree with you all the time. Uh, and it might be a situation where <coughs> they don't agree with you in that particular moment and they also voice that opinion it might make you feel unsettled but that doesn't mean then in the future that you still can't say what you need to say I think um, that's what makes life interesting, though, to have different perspectives. Of um, and I think, you know, if you're transmitting knowledge, your character has to be along with that. Mm. So if someone's belittling you and berating you, actually, I don't think I will feel, I don't think your argument will be compelling because I'm already disgruntled by your character. But however, mm. if you're having a respectful and civilized conversation, yeah, you can completely disagree. But because someone is poised and they're treating you with compassion and the character is polite, then you're more willing to listen to that person. Yeah. So I think knowledge isn't just you know independent in terms of how you carry that information, but it's also your character and how you transmit it. I think that's a skill that a lot of people don't have, uh, personally. I think that's something that a lot of people tend to learn over the years, uh, initially. Um, but I think the way that we take that on board is the thing that we can control, if that makes sense. So if you're talking environment, Um, and you're having a debate or a discussion a lot of people haven't had many debates or discussions and therefore they don't know how to navigate that in a respectful poised manner so the way they come off may end up being rude and their they their message may get misconstrued but i think the biggest point to take from that is that people are going to disagree with you no matter how it comes across um you can't let it affect you in a personal way in terms of like you said silencing you because you should always feel like you can share your opinion um and i think it is an important skill to learn though but definitely for me myself as well i i can remember back to like the early years of when i used to go debating and stuff like that and how (laughs) i used to be and the difference like now um for you to get a point across um, if you think about our even um, going back to thinking about the Prophet Sira as well, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, quote unquote, he was illiterate, he wasn't educated. And so mm. when he was given revelation and he was given prophethood, how did he spread the message when he didn't, quote unquote, formal education? Um, it was because of his character. No one could point towards his character. And you can see that in Surah Furqan where they had not, the people around in, um, at that time couldn't point towards his character because he was just someone that was so trustworthy, he was extremely loyal, he was mm. compassionate. His character was flawless. And so that was able to, that, that was a way of him conveying his message because nobody can say, well, this person's a liar. It's because he was always someone that's on truth. Mm. Um, and I think that's so beautiful because it really shows the emphasis in our religion that 
you need to be able to have good character to be able to kind of um, succeed and to thrive and to be able to convey a message. Those things, human behavior is very important in that yeah. aspect. Yeah, I agree. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how if you have a degree in this or a degree in mm. that, or masters in that. If your character is still good, what you do with that degree is what matters at mm. the end. It's how you say it, yeah, rather than true. what you say. Very, very true. Um, okay, I think that was a very fruitful discussion right there. Um, I'm gonna bring you guys a different question now then um in terms of uh empowerment and how you are at this moment in time um how do you think that it's helped you in a way to overcome the challenges that you have faced uh in day-to-day life and do you have a particular example that you would be willing to share if not it's fine <laughs> you can talk in a very general sense as well i think just be more specific in terms of what kind of challenges life's been really any type of challenges to be honest there's so many different types of challenges in what way have you felt like um you after developing certain skills or feeling a lot more empowered in what way do you think that's helped you overcome challenges that maybe you wouldn't have been able to overcome before hmm. okay so i think for me personally um i really dedicated um, maybe in two years ago, um, a whole year in just self-development in mm-hmm. terms of putting myself in very uncomfortable situations and just thriving in them and trying to develop myself and uh, really trying to hone in the skills I have but also develop new ones in terms of communication skills and learning from different perspectives. And I think had I not been exposed to that or had I not been willing to put myself in those situations, I think the challenges that I faced this year in terms of people trying to impede me from doing what I want to do in terms of... Um, my success or my own milestones I think the resilience that I have now wouldn't have been there or present had I not gone through what I put myself through two years ago because I willingly put myself in uncomfortable situations so now putting being put in an uncomfortable situation with without no control um, has allowed me to kind of navigate it a lot more better and I, I think it's also allowed me to pause and kind of prioritize myself because I understand what my values are I'm very mm. staunch in that sense that I know what my values are I know how I want to be uh, be treated mm. um, if someone is not treating me with value I don't want to be in that in yeah. that condition especially when I've expressed it yeah. and I feel like repeatedly if people are not listening then I'm not going to I'm not willing to put myself in that situation um, and I think those skills I developed only um, because I initially put myself in uncomfortable situations to develop. Mm. Wow, this I think that that those two years is that year for me now because I'm going through so many changes. I went to uni and everything. And I'm being so independent, so there is a lot of challenges. You know what I feel like now that I'm living by myself. I feel like people think that just because I wear a scarf, I don't I, can't, I don't have any hearing. So every time when I don't know if you guys have experienced this, but, ev- but for example, every time I'm walking somewhere or something, it happened a couple of times. Um, people just talk about you when you're walking, thinking that just because you're wearing a headscarf, you can't listen to what they're saying. So it's kind of and you don't want to say anything, you know, because it's normally a big group when this is happening. So that you just feel so small sometimes mm-hmm. and I don't have the, you know, the, the courage to be like, you know, uh, you know, I can hear you. Right. So that's one of the one of the things that I'm. Um, trying to overcome i don't mm. know how i'm gonna do it well that's called bullying and you yeah, should report that's it that's not okay and i think people it's do like random people but i think see. people that's i think that's a lot of unco- unconscious bias or that's harassment i think you should report it and i think people are very conscious when they know that you're walking by and they're targeting you so i would say if you are in that scenario you should definitely report it yeah i just because a university space <laughs> should be about having different mm-hmm. opinions but it shouldn't be to the extent where you're making someone feel inferior mm-hmm. and actually they are problematic views and um, if you're being racist then you need to kind of report hate crime and yeah. um, so d- it's not really about you it's about actually them why do they have these limited views are they extreme you know that's what you need to be able to address but I think there that point is like you need to feel empowered to be able to report that so is your university space doing campaigns about how to make sure that everyone feels inclusive do you feel represented in terms of your faculty those things actually affect how students would actually report it because I used to work in higher education so I'm very quite aware um, how students feel um, being a student myself as well Um, but don't kind of think that just because these people around you are bullying you that you need to remain silent no they deserve to be reported and you're paying a huge sum amount of money to be able to get your education people around you shouldn't be bullying you to be able to access that yeah, I, it's, I didn't report it. It's just, it's not a daily thing, you know. It's, it happened like two times when yeah. I was walking through campus. Yeah. It's still a big thing that I do. I just didn't have the, not the time, just I just didn't feel like going through the, all the um, process. Uh, yeah. I think in that situation, if 
some if these random people are willing to say things to you i think a lot of the time what stops us from saying something back is what yeah. might they say about us yeah. they're already saying stuff about you so even if you felt like you could say in that situation you know what well, i can hear you these people don't have the right to talk about you like that this is not fair on you if you, i know you chose to ignore it which is also like fine if that's what you felt comfortable doing um but like mariam said if you felt like they were going to take things further or anything like that 100 yeah, yeah. percent. yeah i was just random people i feel like it was two different groups at the time really? so yeah. i'm shocked that they I, would I just feel like it's, it's so shocking. normal now i don't know why because i've been wearing hijab i went to spain wearing my hijab so i just feel like everyone's looks and everyone wanted to sit next to you to the train it's just so normal now yeah that shouldn't, shouldn't be the case be, yeah yeah it's terrible um so how do you think so you can feel empowered to be able to confront these people I just having someone with me honestly if I was if I'm walking with someone for example when I'm walking with my sister mm. I would have said my sister would have said something but just me walking by myself I just feel so vulnerable that of course no. something's gonna happen so I'm just just the safety it. does matter yeah. yeah of course um but there should be a security guard close by and you should report them as yeah. and even if you don't directly go to them you should report them in in the most safest manner for yourself um, and just prioritize yourself I think that's also an example of um situations where no matter how empowered we are there's always going to be people out there who are just not nice people to yeah. put it <laughs> blank um they are just not very nice people they don't know how to be in a, a university is an environment where you're meant to encourage growth and encourage you know diversity of thought and things like that and there shouldn't be you know these type of terrible comments coming through yeah especially imparting you know i don't know what they said but imparting negativity on people that you don't even know i is, know right it's terrible i don't know how you you always expect people to be nice it's just a thing for me when i go to a new environment where i'm meeting new people you just expect people to not might be nice and not rude at all and then when it happens it's like it's shocking like there's people like this in the world out there crazy yeah, that's terrible <laughs> right um I'm after this dark moment no i'm sorry that you had to go through that experience but um it's awful and yeah. it's unacceptable absolutely unacceptable. yeah i'm i i'm really sorry that you had to go through that i think um we can all try and be and feel more empowered and take inspiration from different situations to develop ourselves in the future there are always going to be people that you can't get through to or people that are just not nice people like you said but at the end of the day the most that we can do is try and gain knowledge ourselves try and figure out how we can develop ourselves to try and be the best version of us that we can possibly be uh, and i think that's probably the best way for us to go forward it's hard it's something it's like a constant journey i think people forget that these types of things take time to cultivate um and it's a long-term goal rather than a short-term sprint type of thing uh, but yeah that does bring us to the end of the show thank you all very much for listening and inshallah we'll join you we'll see you next week with another good and interesting topic thank you for listening to our podcast why not tune in to our live stream at inspirefm.org and follow and subscribe to our social media platforms at inspirefmluton